Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. Depends on what day it is. It's been a little bit crazy because, of course, USC is the 2017 Rose Bowl champions, beating Penn State on a last-second field goal as time expired, 52-49. to Matt Bormeister put it through from 46 yards out. Of course, we want to talk about that. We're going to talk today with Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website, uh, HarveyHyde.com. And check it out. Uh, we're going to take your questions. We got a lot of questions that came in. If you have questions for us, podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address, or you can leave us a voicemail by calling 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or just go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. You can click on the left side of the page and leave a voicemail right from your computer or mobile device. A lot of ways to get a hold of us, and a lot of you did. Uh, we were getting questions during the game. And of course, after the game, lots of people emailing in, want to get their voices heard, and we want to hear from them. And of course, we want to hear from the coach, Harvey Hyde, the de facto mayor of Pasadena. He spent the whole day up there in Pasadena from the parade to the game and everything, wanted to get his thoughts. So welcome in the coach. What is up, coach? How are you? Well, happy new year, Ryan. I tell you, can it be a better start to 2017 than the big Rose Bowl victory, uh, USC? Wow. What a great game. It was, I, I think, Ryan, I'm going to tell you, I know you're going to say, hey, coach, slow down. Uh, <laughs> I got to get the sponsor in here. But, hey, Ryan, uh, the granddaddy of them all, I've been to, I don't know, 20, 25 straight, I don't know how many. That was the greatest Rose Bowl game ever. It could be. It could really could be. And the, the crowd, Ryan, uh, I don't know if you were in the press box, in the media room or whatever, you probably couldn't hear it. But the crowd was into it. It was the loudest Rose Bowl game I've ever been to. It was a real experience. I mean, I've been to a lot of football games. You've been to a lot of football games. And the people that are listening that went to the game know exactly what I'm talking about. Congratulations to Coach Clay Helton, the USC Trojan football program. They overcame a lot of adversity, and they ended up being the Rose Bowl champion. I haven't seen the numbers on the game yet. But everywhere, everywhere in the nation, they watch that game all the way through. And nothing against Oklahoma and Auburn. But I couldn't watch any more football. I was so excited about that game, Ryan. I didn't want to watch any other game. I didn't want to watch any other game. I just celebrated. In fact, I just got home Wednesday morning. I slept in the, the Rose Bowl. It's been a, no, I'm just kidding you. Hey, what a great experience for everyone. It was, yeah. It's kind of like if you're having dessert, you have that piece of cake, and there's still a little piece of broccoli left. You don't want to finish your your you know your last bite to be the broccoli. You're like, oh, I'll just leave it. I want to eat that last piece of cake. Uh, if you have a sweet tooth like I do, certainly it was an amazing game, and uh, you didn't get the same feel in the press box, coach, because the uh, you're almost like hermetically sealed in there. It's really thick glass, and uh, you're kind of removed from that atmosphere. But you could see it, and you could kind of hear it, but not the the same kind of feeling. That when I was down on the field for the last five minutes of the game, completely changed it. You could feel the energy, the excitement, the anticipation. And when that kick went through, uh, well, first of all, when Deontay Burnett scored that touchdown, it went crazy because it was in the USC end zone. And then when the kick went through, everyone just going bananas and the players and coaches. So it was, 
it was pretty special. But yeah, you're you're a little sealed off in the in the press box during the game. Right, you you guys were. I wasn't. I was right there where I could hear all this noise and and everything that was going on. And I had the great pleasure of sitting with Keith Jackson, and uh, he was telling me that uh, this is the first time. And I'm I'm pretty good friends with him. I invited him to the game. He came to the game as a guest of the Rose Bowl. And he was telling me he hadn't been to a game since the USC-Texas game. Wow. And this game matches it. It was absolutely thrilling. So uh, then, of course, uh, if you were watching the game on television, he went up in the third quarter and spoke with uh, Kirk and the, the announcers. And it was just tremendous. What a tribute to Pasadena. I mean, and to the world watching this game. And, and it's just such a... It's a granddaddy of them all. I mean, yes, there's a national championship game coming up, and yes, you want to play in the national championship game. But if there's a consolation game or anything less than winning the national championship, it's the Rose Bowl. It really is, and it was one of those days. It certainly was, Coach. And I want to thank our sponsor, and if, hopefully if you got your tickets through them, you had a good experience. Uh, Southern California Tickets is the company, sctickets.com is the website, or you can call them at 1-800-888-7287 if you need tickets for anything else coming up. Uh, NFL playoffs coming up, not for the Rams, but if you're somewhere else, you you got a fan of another team. Lots of other stuff coming up, too, you know, basketball and hockey and all that. So, Or if you want to go to the national championship game, you want to fly down to Tampa, you can check that out. Um, go to satickets.com, and they'll hook you up. And, uh, Coach, I thought we got some – we got a really good voicemail here from an excited fan. Who likes to call? And I thought I'd play this one first and then kind of get your thoughts because it's a, I think it's a good way to start off the show. So here we go. What's up, guys? This is Sean from Kentucky. Just want to call in about that Rose Bowl, fellas, and get your take on something, man. Is there a game where we have shown this type of intestinal fortitude and this type of grit since Pete Carroll era? Can you name me that game? Because I can't think of one, and I, I'm just so proud of this team. I'm so proud of this staff because we could have folded up shop. We could have quit when we went down 14. We could have quit when Adoree left the game. We could have quit when Cam Smith left the game. We could have quit when they had those two freak catches for touchdowns. We could have quit when our defense was just struggling and struggling. But guess what? In the end, we found a way to make plays, and that's what great teams do. Even when the ball isn't bouncing their way, even when the whistle isn't going their way, great teams figure out ways to win football games. And that's what we did. We figured it out. And I could not be more proud. And what that game shows me, what that game is a testament to, is that this is the staff to get us to where we want to be. This is the team to finally make that step and get us back where we all think USC football should be. And if you, if you find something to complain about with that game, then I just, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say to you, but I could not be any more proud to be a Trojan. Keep it up with the podcast and fight the hell on. Sean, baby, tell it the way it is. <laughs> tell you, the SC nation is excited. I mean, uh, I was calling people yesterday and they, they hadn't even got out of bed yet. It's a work day. It was a work day Tuesday. Guys were saying, I ain't even showered yet. It's 1 o'clock. I'm not going in. I'm doing my work from home. It was one of those types of day. And uh, for the Trojan Nation, nation uh, going through what it's gone through and the rebound and be able to uh, be in this type of position now with recruiting and the spirit, and the attitude on campus, the donors and everybody, 
It's going to be a great off season. If there is such a thing as an off season, this is going to be something that lives for a long period of time. It's a great feeling. The team was prepared. The team played hard, as you said, Sean. They never did give up, and it's not over till it's over, and they certainly proved that. And uh, congratulations to the team, the staff, everybody that put it together. And now it's time to move on. You know, you can enjoy it for a couple of days, but then you got to get back and get after it because uh, everyone is coming after you now because the Trojans seem to be back. And again, it's USC against the Pac-12. It basically comes down to that, and you've got to be able to meet that challenge. And I think everybody's looking forward to that. At least I am. For sure, coach. Um, it's, uh, you know, but not every fan is happy. Uh, and there's, it is funny that there are some that are not. There's another voicemail. I think I'm going to play that one for, for Dan Weber where a fan was just not happy about it. But we, you know, it's, it's, uh, you look at the results on the field and I, I agree with the caller. I think fans should be happy. If you look back, what do you remember, uh, about a season? Like, do you remember beating both your rivals? That's usually something that's significant. You know, you beat both Notre Dame and UCLA. Yeah, both of them had bad records, but it doesn't matter. You want to beat them. They had bad records and had winning streaks against USC. So beating both rivals is important. Beating, getting a big game on the road, uh, like beating Washington up in Seattle, you know, they're only lost the year until they lost Alabama. Um, I think you remember stuff like that. If you went up to that game, it was electric and USC controlled the game. And I think you remember the Rose Bowl, of course. Uh, you remember. You know, one of the most memorable games ever, uh, 50, you know, 52 to 49, last second field goal. If you were there, hopefully you weren't one of the few fans that left a little early. You remember that kind of stuff. So yeah, maybe if you feel like, well, I don't like this guy or that guy on the staff or whatever it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, fine, but you got to look back on the season and be happy about it. If you're not, if you're not happy about the season because, well, it's, I really didn't want the coaches to win because I don't like the coaches. Whatever. I mean, that's just, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You'll look back on the season. You'll remember the important things and they're all positive. I agree a hundred percent. You know, it's uh, how you finish. It's not where you start. And obviously they could have cashed it in earlier. If you read the media and what people were saying about your coach and Clay Helton and what they were saying about the team and the whole package and the quarterback change, should they or shouldn't they? and the first game of the year and the embarrassment of the program, and we talked about that. I was one that talked about that they weren't ready for that type of game, and it personally showed, and as everyone knows, but they were able to keep fighting, and it did turn around. And I'm anxious now to get into talking with or answering questions about the entire season, and uh, let's do that because this might be a long podcast. I think you're right, Coach. we got a lot of questions. Let's jump to Eric in Duck Country. He says... I have to admit that I was on the quote-unquote fire Helton bandwagon in September, but the job he has done is truly incredible. I think we could all agree that if Kiffin or Sark uh, were down by two touchdowns, they would have given up. Uh, I have two questions for the coach. What do you? What do the USC coaches need to improve on, and how do the coaches work on getting better in the offseason? Seems kind of like the same question, but uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for everything. Fight on, Eric and Duck Country. Well, uh, let me tell you, I think uh, one thing they have to really work well on and get organized in, and uh, I'm not trying to be negative, and Ryan, you know this, is their recruiting structure. As far as who who are they recruiting, how can they close, how can they make this a banner year, and how can they 
use the Rose Bowl victory as something to influence some of the players that maybe have decommitted for them or somebody that's gone somewhere else, and how can they turn them around to get them back to USC? Because uh, the recruits got excited about this football game. How couldn't they? So you've got to now take advantage of this game. you got to go back to some of the recruits, especially in Southern California, who may have said they're going somewhere else but can make a difference in your football program. And you've got to attack that and really do it with a lot of energy and use your team in, in campus visits and all of the above. But your team is excited. Your team is excited. They can't wait to recruit for the USC Trojan football program. Uh, the staff, the, the, the faculty, everyone is. So they've got to get organized in making sure that they do this. Also, they've got to continue working on uh, their staff as far as improving as a coach improving, fitting uh, the personnel into what they're doing offensively and defensively and putting their players at the right position so they can best achieve. Now, that's not something that they can't do. They obviously showed that as the season went along. Obviously, they showed that they didn't rotate players as often as they used to. They did a lot of things that they needed to do in their adjusting to make this a tremendous season. And they've got to continue that in finding who replaces who and how can they put their personnel, the best players, on the field. This is something which you have to do. This is the way you coach, and this is the way your team gets better. So that is something that they have to do, and I'm not saying they can't do it. It's just something they have to continue working on. Now, as far as uh, the offseason, uh, how do you get better? Well, the offseason is longer than the, the regular season. It's three quarters of the the season as far as three months is the season nine months is the off season so how can we get better during this nine period of time nine, nine month period of time well this is too something they've got to organize to make sure every day and every way we get a little bit better and better as trojans as a family as closeness in the strength and conditioning programs in the academic field in all the areas that might distract you from attaining your goals don't be the one that missed this game, like last year, and I don't want to miss mention players, but the four or five players who are part of the squad at USC that aren't there now, who left or didn't want to come back, do you think they might want to change their mind now and be a part of this team and remember the Rose Bowl game and get a ring and all the memories to go along with it? So you've got to see how you can do that. You don't want to be academically ineligible. You don't want to make a hasty decision on transferring. You want to be a part of a great program and a great tradition. So I think that's something, too, you have to work on in making sure that the off-season is a way you get better, not only in strength and conditioning, but academics and relations and recruiting and spring practice, all of the above, because it's a longer period of time that you have to become a better football team. I used to tell my team when I went recruiting, I would say, hey, guys, I'd have a team meeting, and I'd say, hey, I'm going out, and I'm going to try to find players that put you all on the bench. You get my message? That means you better work harder, because if I can find a player to replace one of you guys, we're going to do that. So I'm going to do what my responsibility is, and that's recruit hard so that we can can become a better football team. So you, as an individual, better not allow me to do that, because you already have a head start. You know our offense. You know our defense. You know what we're doing. Don't allow me to bring someone in to beat you out. It's your fault, not my fault. 
Because my job now is to continue the beat of the drum, and that means go out and get some guys to come in here and help us win again. So I think this is the main thing on your question is how do you get better? You get better these ways. All right. Thanks for that one, Coach. Let's, uh, we, okay. We have two questions that are like along the same lines. They're both got some length to them, but they, they have some comments. I'm going to read them both for you, Coach. Uh, bear with me. He said, wow, happy new year. Uh, indeed to the Peristyle team, an amazing win. The kind, uh, the championship level teams pull out in big moments. The Trojans overcame penalties and turnovers and balls not bouncing their way and really shut down Penn State in the fourth quarter. A truly amazing win to cap off an improbable season. The fact that it was uh, in the Rose Bowl made it that much more special. Seeing those seniors go out with tears of joy in their eyes was an amazing sight. To see, given all the adversity they have faced over the past four or five years, amazing. And the one true negative takeaway from the game uh, was what, what was with the field on the Rose Bowl. The tournament folks should be embarrassed. That field should be in the best, uh, should be the best field in all of college football. And they had a month to prepare it. Instead, they almost turned the game into a roller derby. Uh, they need the Coliseum grounds crew to take a look or something. Uh, players were slipping during warm-up drills. Maybe we didn't get the instant classic game uh, if the field was perfect, but it was bad, and it, it was as bad as it looked from the stands. Uh, this will be a great win to savor for the next eight months, and hopefully will propel USC through recruiting, spring practice, and summer workouts. That's fight on from John and Brea. And then Coach Enrique said, uh, Happy New Year. Let me start by saying great coverage all year long, and I really appreciate your honesty about the program. I really enjoy the live feeds on Facebook. Please continue to do them. Thanks, Enrique. We will. Uh, can you give us any insight as to why the turf is always a problem at the Rose Bowl? I know they replace it with new turf as soon as the regular season is over. It's very evident that it affects the game from start to finish. The, the players look like they're trying to play on an ice rink. You can see the final kickoff to Penn State that the SC coverage team ran cautiously and not full speed as to not slip during that play. Last night could have been disastrous of the... Uh, on the last two defensive plays with Jack Jones slipping. Thank God it went our way. Best regards, fight on, Enrique. So Enrique and John, coach, both want to know about the turf. Well, okay, uh, I was on the turf on Friday. I walked around. The turf was absolutely perfect, okay? It had that first rain, and it really looked beautiful. It was uh, dry, dried out. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, then we had that backup rain and i did not go back into the rose bowl because it's called lockdown they lock it down and uh for safety purposes they they you know they don't let anybody in there the dogs are in there sniffing all above and then we had that rain so i can't tell you whether they covered the field or not but they have a uh, a field guy that uh, does their field is the best in the world uh, his name is will and uh, will has uh has got the pride in that turf uh more than anybody else. Every stadium that has natural turf always refers to him as far as the best, okay? So I think that the last rain on that field, uh, it didn't dry. There was dew on it. If you remember, there was a low cloud base that day, and there was a lot of dew. That It didn't really have a chance to dry out to be the great footing that it had. Now, in the first half, both teams were somewhat slipping. SC slipped more, so... I really don't understand that, but after warm-ups, you normally change your cleats if they don't fit the turf that you have. So I was surprised that in, during warm-ups that they didn't notice that. But at halftime, they did change their cleats. Uh, I was told they did, in fact, by the Rose Bowl, that they went back in there and they put on longer cleats uh, so that they wouldn't be slipping and so on. 
I, I don't want to point my finger because basically both teams played on the same field, okay? So if one slips, the other's going to slip. Maybe one can knows how to run on that type of turf better. But uh, it's unfortunate. It was a little loose. Let me call it that way. It was a little loose. And when you have great speed and you make cuts and you're used to that, it, it does slow you down and you have to run a little bit differently. If you remember in the old days, teams used to wet their fields down. I don't know if, you know, that's not a, a good thing to do. But in the old days, they didn't cut the grass. and They used to flood their fields so that it would slow down fast teams. So you've got to be able to adjust to that. You've heard me talk about you take several different types of shoes with you to adjust to the turf of what the Rose Bowl is. And they could not practice. They did not practice. They did not have any walkthroughs in the Rose Bowl whatsoever. They did take their pictures in the Rose Bowl on the 30th, I think it was. But they did not have the opportunity to get onto the field or do any type of uh, cleat testing. But uh, they possibly could have done that if they maybe used the side of the field. But uh, that's what happened. And, uh, yes, I agree that the turf was not at what it possibly should have been. But, again, both teams played on the same turf, and uh, I'm glad that the Trojans adjusted to it and had that opportunity to uh, win this football game. So uh, I can't use it as an excuse, but it was uh, it was uh, something that did affect the Trojans probably more than it did Penn State. You know, I asked a couple of players afterwards. I think it was uh, Michael Hutchins and Juju Smith-Schuster. They said they didn't switch cleats. Uh, Juju said you just have to kind of run with your – you know, uh, center of gravity over your feet. And he, uh, he's had those same cleats during the eight game winning streak. So he <laughs> didn't want to change them. Um, but yeah, I, I assumed coach, there was going to be a mass change at halftime. I didn't talk to enough players about it. And I forgot, you know, I forgot to ask Clay Helton about this on the conference call yesterday. Um, but yeah, I, the, the players I talked to didn't change their cleats, which I thought was interesting. Well, I don't know. I was just told this by a staff member because I asked at halftime if there were going to be any changes of cleats. And somebody, uh, some Rose Bowl staff member told me that they did make some changes. So if they did, they did. If they didn't, then I was misinformed. Yeah, I mean, maybe some players, it was, didn't seem at least like it was universal on the USC side. It might have been on the Penn State side. I'm not sure. I'll try to, we'll try to find out about that. But it was definitely weird. Thanks for those questions. Uh, Lamar from Lancaster says, great game, fellows. Uh, what a Rose Bowl. Sam Darnold, the offense, the D, the DT. Uh, he's talking about uh, Stevie Tuikulavatu, who was defensive MVP. Uh, the DT for USC played an outstanding game, and it was a pleasure to watch. I did notice the game was about four and a half hours long, and a lot of that was due to stoppage for review. The length of games can hinge on uh, player safety. In the NFL, the coaches have two or three challenges determining uh, deferring uh, timeouts for lost challenges. The officials review all scores and plays inside of two minutes. Uh, this is more efficient for player safety and is less time consuming for the audience. Do you think college football will ever change clock utilization and game stoppage by the officials? Lamar from Lancaster. I don't know. Uh, I thought that the game was uh, questionable in as far as the officiating. Uh, but, you know, as a coach, a coach always feels it could be better. Uh, I'm glad they had the... Uh, it's a replay I really did, was that would have cost USC a touchdown on that one so-called offensive pick uh, down there. 
I'm I've, I'm question I, I question and I didn't review the punt return by Dory Jackson. I think that's a no call. I think that's a call you don't make. Now, in the pass interferences by Penn State, they're at the end of the game. They were definitely pass interferences, so I have no problem with that. Uh, as far as uh, Cameron Cameron Smith and his uh, targeting, uh, I, I question that when you're playing in the heat of the game and you're playing, flying around full speed uh, to eject or, a player from the game. That's pretty severe because it affects the entire team. And I don't think it was done in any type of uh, uh, violent, dirty type of play. Because now there's a lot of talk. Is that going to affect his first half of the opening game against Western Michigan next year? Which I don't think it should be, but who knows? The Pac-12 office didn't even respond to it, so they don't know. So, uh, and there were other calls that were... Uh, in fact, uh, there were a lot of calls. USC was penalized much more than Penn State till the end of the game, and it sort of reversed around. But, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I like, I didn't like instant replay when I, when it first came out. I said, let the game be the game. It's been this way. But now with the game meeting so much on coaches' futures and, uh, money in the game and all of these different things, I like it now. I do like it. I know it makes the game a little longer, but I think it's very important that you get the right call. I really think it's important you get the right call. So uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm for it. Should they have more? No. I think they have enough delayed games. <laughs> it's a replay, and uh, I think that uh, challenging thing is enough. And The officials, if they're going to uh, look at a play, then that means they weren't absolutely sure, and I think it's good that I'm not saying that the game should be officiated from the booth. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that if it is a, a call, the game is so fast now, and it's impossible to see everything, that if you did miss a call, it should be correct. That's how I feel. Yeah, it was definitely a long game, and uh, poor folks wanted to watch uh, Auburn and Oklahoma. <laughs> they got delayed a little bit, like Coach said at the top. Um, Luke wrote in, he said, thanks for having the best, all caps, most informative program on USA football. Best rose ever, and your tweets are the best. Well, thank you for that, uh, Luke. Said, I think Coach Helton outcoached James Franklin. But I thought Coach James Frank, uh, might, but I thought Coach James Franklin's after the game interview scored more points and was significantly better than Coach Helton's. The reason is Coach Franklin praised USC, but was just as proud, uh, of this team if they won or lost because Penn State accomplished so much this season. He said, we got a lot of work ahead of us uh, to get to the next level. And he said he was pleased with the job they did in developing his players physically, mentally, academically, all aspects of football, and spiritually. Uh, he mentioned the team, as Coach Harbaugh does, Team Love and Coach Carroll does, leadership as Coach Urban Meyer does, and player development as Coach Saban does. Uh, what do you or Coach Hyde think about Franklin's post-game interview? Thanks uh, from Luke. Luke, I thought it was fabulous, too. I listened to it. I watched it. And uh, I thought he, he praised the Trojans and he praised his team. He was very disappointed, obviously, which winners are. And uh, I think they're going to, the growth in this, uh, I hate to tell you this, guys, but sometimes you grow from losing. You don't like the feeling of it. And you don't like the taste going into the off season. 
you work harder to make sure this doesn't happen again, but you've learned how to win. It's uh, it's a hard thing going into your off season, as I talked earlier regarding how SC can approach the off season. But uh, you can turn a negative to a positive, and I think James Franklin will do this. He has some classy kids. They had a classy team. And, you know, I do a weekly poll, and, and a lot of our listeners here don't listen to my some of my other shows that I do. And uh, I do what I call a 12-pack. And the entire year of my poll, towards the end of the year, I had the Trojans ranked fifth in the country and fourth in the country. And uh, the way I did my poll was if I was going to play this week, as a team against the teams that uh, that I would rank above me, I had Alabama 1, Clemson 2. I had Ohio State up there, but now I've moved them. But right now in my poll, which I'll release uh, tonight on one of my shows that I'm doing, uh, I have them number three in the country. And I think that right now that would be a team that is hot and ready to go and believes in themselves. I think uh, Clay Helton has done a great job in making his putting his staff together. They've, he's never been a head coach. And he goes to the Rose Bowl his first year. And not, not the, I'm not counting the Holiday Bowl. And his staff, too, had an opportunity to go to the big game, the big dance. And they went there and they accepted the challenge and they did it. They prepared for it. And they prepared for the moment. Now, getting ready for a game like the Rose Bowl, you've got to prepare for the moment. It's only one hour. But you've got thousands of hours to prepare for it. And that one-hour moment, you've got to have your team ready to play. Not on the 31st, not on the 1st, this year the 2nd at 2 o'clock. And he had his team ready for the moment. His defense got some turnovers early, and his offense finished it off at the end. So you call that a team uh, win. And you said it earlier, Ryan, maybe you want to say, now you're on the field and you never saw a happier bunch of kids, even kids crying. Uh, you know, you're right, Coach. It was uh, I put a video up on uscfootball.com. Just I used my phone and just filmed uh, the kick uh, from the sidelines, and then walking onto the field. Obviously, the Penn State players were distraught and uh, walking off. But the, you know, following the USC players and coaches and support staff around, uh, sports information people, people that work, you know, with the in athletics, they're all down there. Um, I, I don't remember a scene like that after the game, how happy the players were. And I think it was just a culmination of, you know, firing a couple head coaches, uh, during the season, you know, Orgeron and, uh, the, the, the drama with, you know, Sark and Pat Hayden and the way Clay Helton was hired and all the, the negativity there and being one and three and just so much stuff with the sanctions. Every, there was just so much adversity. They, they had some positive things happen, but this was it. Like this was not only was it a positive thing that happened, but you know, it was, it was all but over. Uh, you know, everyone thought Penn State was going to win. You know, people thought USC was going to win the beginning and then Penn State was going to win at the end to come back like that and you tie it and you're like, that's improbable, you know, but to actually win it in regulation without even going to overtime seemed impossible and it happened and you could just see the flood of emotion coming out there from all of the players and the staff and, you know, support people and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was a really special moment down there on the field and people love the the video. Go check it out on the site. Um, but you could see it, coach. You could just feel it's like one of those things, like something was there, like there was a common theme with everyone that worked as part of the program. 
uh, you could feel it in their, their just, you know, what they were doing out there, how it, w- it was for them. It was really special. I agree 100%. Uh, and uh, unless you've been there, you look how excited everybody is here as far as the fans and so on. Imagine what it is for a player. Imagine what it is for a coach, uh, the hours that they put in to have this victory. I know that they didn't go to bed. I know that they had to just stay up. I know they went home and watched the film of the entire game, the whole team and the coaches, somewhere. They had to see it the way we saw it, and uh, they should enjoy it. And I can't wait to see the highlight film of the season. I hope they can still do that. I don't know if the NCAA uh, rules allow that now, but uh, we used to make a highlight film of our, uh, of our season and have it narrated and watch it. The kids used to love it. We use it in recruiting. And then when they get together now to talk about the sizing of the rings, can you imagine that? To put a ring on and you'll never forget. I have boosters saying, how do I buy one of those things? I don't know if you can buy them, but I'll tell you what, they sir going to be something special. I know that this is going to be a special, special ring. For sure. Um, let's see. Let's go to Steve in San Diego. He says, what a great game. Uh, that was better than the USC-UCLA game. Well, he called it F-U-C-L-A on his email. Uh, from my freshman year in 1990, that was the Todd Morenovich to Johnny Morton last-second touchdown. Uh, I'm really disappointed in Clancy Pendergast in the defense, but wow, nonetheless, uh, I don't know about you, but the rest of the crew and the rest of the crew, but I think we should lobby for Sam Darnold to wear number 16. He is, after all, uh, the combination of number 11 and number five. So he's talking about Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush. Fight on, my fellow Trojans. We are truly blessed to watch such a special player. Best regards, Steven San Diego. Well, Steve, I'm sort of a superstitious guy. I wouldn't change any numbers on anybody. And uh, not that it doesn't make sense, but uh, uh, live the moment, uh, discover a new number. And uh, I think it's great that uh, that everyone had an opportunity nationally to see a great kid play, a, a kid that never gets uh, panicked, uh, never does. Even if he throws an interception, he's the same guy as when he throws a touchdown pass. I mean, he's a real pro. He's a great kid. He's a great leader. And along with the others, I had a chance. I was at the tailgate uh, over at the Terminal Roses, and uh, I went in there, and there was a group of American or uh, Polynesians sitting there. I was, and so I went over to them, big guys, and I said, "Hi, I'm Harvey Hyde. I just want to say I know you're here for a player on the Trojan a team." And they said, "Yes, we are," because they, one of them had a Trojan jersey on, and it wasn't the guy's Stevie T. And I said, "Well, who are you here?" He said, "Stevie T." That's what he called him, and he looked like Stevie T, okay, <laughs> as far as out of it. And, and we, I talked to him a lot about it, and him coming to Southern California. And they were excited. They had the family there and some kids and so on. I said, well, it looks like you played some football. He said, yeah, I did. I started at Cal. I said, no kidding. You played at Cal? I said, yeah, I played at Cal, and, and uh, he's related. He, he called Stevie T his cousin. So they were all there for the game and so on. And then Stevie T gets the defensive player of the game. Absolutely amazing. Congratulations to him. What a great move that was for him and his family and the pride, too. And uh, him going on and to do what he wants to do, get his NBA eventually. And now it looks as though he'll get a great chance at the NFL. 
For sure, coach. And, uh, you know, he mentioned, uh, Clancy Pendergast in that last email and, uh, the defense. And so it was a crazy stat in this game. Um, Penn State scored touchdowns on seven straight drives before getting shut out in the fourth quarter, but seven straight drives. And not only that, coach, four straight plays, four plays in a row. So the last play of the second half for Penn State, uh, was a touchdown. And then, um, the first three offensive plays for Penn State in the second half were all touchdowns. Two long right. plays, a long run, a long pass, and then USC turned the ball over, and then they had another short touchdown. So four plays in a row. Um, and so I don't know if you guys know the bear from, uh, ESPN game day, Chris Felica. Uh, so he was on our podcast and stuff before we, we message a lot. And I asked him, like, has that ever happened before? Four straight touchdowns. And he said, in the last 10 years, Southern Miss against Louisiana Tech. Southern Miss did it. Four straight plays. Uh, they end up winning that game. Uh, this was weird because Penn State scored on four straight plays and lost, which I don't know if that's happened either, but, um, pretty rare occurrence. But what were your thoughts, coach, on the defensive game plan and defensive performance? Obviously, there was a horrible stretch there with the seven straight touchdowns, but overall, what did you think? Well, if you were, if you follow me, I tweet out after every quarter. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if you looked at it. You're too busy. Oh, I really looked at it. Yeah, I, I was sort of pointing out what my concerns were on the defensive side of the football. As far as losing contain, they lost contain a lot on McSorley where he got outside and was able to throw that uh, route to the corner of the end zone where they matched a big receiver or tight end on a Dory Jackson or, or uh, where it was just a mismatch. And when you give a lot of time, you can't cover forever. And, and that was happening. Also, the off-tackle hole, uh, they were not containing the, the back. Uh, Barkley would break it to the outside. He'd start inside and break it to the outside, and they weren't getting the support out there that they needed to come up and stop him. And when they had that opportunity, they weren't settling up, and maybe it was because of their shoes, but he would make a move on them, and uh, they had a lot of missed tackles, a lot of missed tackles because they would come flying in at their normal speed, and he'd cut back against them. And, and uh, obviously, they, they missed their tackling. He'd, he'd score a touchdown. So, and, and also, in a couple of those drives, they had, they had uh, pass interference penalties, and penalties that uh, the targeting penalty, and another penalty uh, put them in a scoring uh, position. And uh, Marshall uh, going for that ball and the fumble that, the receiver caught, not a fumble, but the tip, and he caught and ran for a touchdown. Weird things, weird plays, but plays that count. Uh, unique type of situations there. So, uh, But they were able to come back, and at the end of the game, it went the other way, 17-zip in the fourth quarter. So they were able to stay in there. The momentum was changing, though, so towards Penn State, and I was thinking about how strong they normally have played in the fourth quarter, but that didn't intimidate USC. At the end of the game, I thought USC was starting to wear down Penn State. And that would be hard to believe, but I thought they did. And they made some adjustments, too, to stop some of the things that they were doing earlier in the game. They started to put more pressure on McSorley, where his passes were poorly thrown. They, they went to their, they went to the route that they had scored touchdowns on and and they almost threw an interception. And the next play, McCray dropped. The next play, he comes back. They threw the same thing. They were in cover two, and they finally got the safety help that they've been needing on the deep route. The safety's got to come over and be
be a center fielder, and he came over and got that. And then the momentum was there, and down the sideline he went, and even uh, James Franklin uh, challenged the play, but he had thought that he had stepped out anything to slow the momentum down, and he wasn't close to stepping out. He did a great job of going down the sideline. So, yes, there was questions on the defense. Obviously, when you give up uh, 49 points, you're saying, hey, what happened out there? But a lot of it was uh, circumstances. And, and, again, that wasn't their best game, I agree. But it was good enough as the offense came back and was able to overcome the scoring. And 101 points in one football game, the largest number of points ever scored in a Rose Bowl game. The other one was the Wisconsin Victory, uh, Wisconsin and USC, I think it was 83 points. So, uh, a lot of scoring, a lot of fun. Uh, you, I'll tell you what, if you're an advertiser, if you're the, if you're ABC or ESPN, hey, you had the viewers the whole way. For sure. It was, uh, <laughs> the, 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 uh, overnight ratings were great. They beat last year by a lot. It was the, you know, best rated New Year's Six Bowl. So good stuff there. Um, we've got a couple more, Coach, and we'll let you go. We have uh, Pasadena Mac wrote in. He said, gentlemen, I couldn't be prouder of our team, including the administration, coaches, players, and the staff this season. I grew up in Pasadena. I live there today. Played ball in the 70s locally. This was a, a contest that further etched the Rose Bowl in Pasadena into the status of the greatest bowl game in our nation. The thing I noticed more than anything under Clay Helton's leadership is that he is restoring our culture and everyone can feel the shift. That's tremendous leadership and a special gift. Thanks, Coach Helton, for a very uh, memorable season. This leads to my question. Did some of our players sprint to the northwest corner of the end zone after the winning kick to taunt the PSU fans? I saw about 15-plus players in the area and thought it was poor form. Coach, you think this is validation of the quote-unquote, a violation of the quote-unquote football code? I know our coaching uh, leaders understand that it's wrong if, in fact, it was taunting. And we'll straighten our players out. I prefer we conduct ourselves with, uh, respectful, as respectful and honorable Trojans. And my experience in Pasadena and the Rose Bowl is that the PSU folks were great people. Coach Franklin also appears to be a great leader. Thanks, uh, for a great program and fight on Pasadena Mac. Well, you know, I've never seen him call a flag on taunting after the game. I saw that one taunt there that I think, uh, Penn State got on USC that helped him, uh, but, you know, when you're a young kid, you're excited. You're not really thinking what you're doing. You're winning the game. You might run right under the freeway. You're so, so excited. And uh, as a coach, you're doing the same thing. People were running everywhere. People were running everywhere. And, you know, sometimes you do things that later you say, I shouldn't have done that. And I'll probably, probably down the road, Clay will address it and say, hey, guys, you know, it's been the right thing to do. Uh, we're not, but uh, we got to act like we've been there before. But hey, man, they hadn't been there before. <laughs> you You're know, coach, I don't excited I, about that. I didn't uh, see I, that, like the the taunting. I mean, I saw them going crazy. I mean, I think people were running to their families. Um, you know, and maybe there was a section that was like, you know, if if anyone did that, I would think that there was because something was coming out of that part of the stands significantly. I just. I have a hard time seeing that. Um, I mean, it was kind of pandemonium down on the field, so I wasn't able to see specifically uh, what he was talking about. But uh, I didn't didn't think anything like that happened. And like I said before, people were crying. I mean, there was a lot of emotion there. I don't think their first response would be to go and taunt uh, other fans or anything. But I've, like like I said, I didn't see it. 
I didn't see it either. Maybe I was too excited too to look. <laughs> but uh, I didn't see it. Um, but like I said, these are kids that have worked very hard, and uh, here they are now. Their goal uh, somewhat, uh, they have reached their goal, and they won this game. And they're just, uh, I remember once, let me give you a story, and I know we're gone very long. Uh, I remember we were playing Fullerton College. They were ranked number one in the country. We were, we were ranked number two in the country. And there was four seconds left in the game, and they had just scored. And they don't, and uh, they had scored to go ahead of us. And uh, you know they don't run the clock on the extra point, so they get the extra point, and their team is running around the field. They're all this and that excited, and they get a to delay a game penalty or whatever the hell they'd got. So there was a short kickoff. And I remember we had four seconds, and I'm trying to get one play in. I'm saying, how can I get one play in, like the Hail Mary play in? So I got the team together, and I said, whoever gets the ball, they're going to squib kick it, because we had some flyers back there. Uh, just never get off your knee. Just catch the ball on the ground. And people have seen this happen before. So Monty Gillen, I remember the, the guy tied in from Elhamber High School. The ball rolled to him, and he was on his knees. He did exactly what we told him. So the clock never moved. So it gave us another opportunity to go in the game with four seconds on, and now we're about on the 40, you know, 35, 40-yard line where it's a Hail Mary's possible if everything went right. And Janae Wallace from Dorsey High School was our quarterback. Donnie Roberts was from Temple City, uh, was in our uh, Hail Mary formation. Janae went back and threw a pass. Donnie Roberts was tipped. Donnie Roberts caught it. With four seconds, we ran two plays. So there were two plays running the game. The extra point. No, two plays. They kicked three plays. The extra point, the kickoff, and this play. With four seconds left. <laughs> now, I run on the field like a crazy fool. Because I'm so excited, I slip and fall. Okay? And the coach, and the team thinks that's what we're supposed to do. They all pile on me. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. I thought, I'm a goner. I'm going to die after we win this football game. I couldn't even yell and say, Get off me. Get off me. And they keep jumping more and more, and my face goes down into the turf. And finally, when they got off, I said, oh, my God, I almost, they almost killed me. I don't know. I must have got some air somewhere. But you you forget about this. How about Jimmy Valvano? Remember when, when he ran on the court after they had won the national championship? You lose control sometimes of your motion and what's going on. And, and uh, if that happened, hey, guys, uh, let's just pass that, okay? These are kids. And, Sometimes you do things you're not supposed to, but it's all in the game. Yeah, I mean, I would. I the only thing I could think of, coaches, if uh, like there was a, a lot of taunting coming from a certain area, and they yeah. were just hearing yeah. it, and they came over to say something, because that's usually not the first indication you're going to opponents fans, unless there was some some reason there. But I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll ask around and see if I can find anything out. The G wrote in, coach, who said, "Wow, just wow, what a game! I was on the edge of my seat all game long." To coach Hyde, as a former coach. What does a win of this magnitude represent for a football program? Simply stated, what can USC expect as a result of this win in terms of recruiting or any intangibles you can comment on? Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for doing what you do for us. Hashtag Rose Bowl champions, the G. Well, we sort of answered that earlier for another question as far as the momentum of this game and how it can carry into recruiting. It can carry to the university itself, the student body, the boosters, uh, everywhere, the football world, everyone's talking about this victory. 
and you take advantage of this uh, momentum, it hasn't stopped. It just keeps right on going, and you've got to utilize this momentum and your recruiting and your fundraising and everything that you do as far as a part of the uh, USC football program and the university in itself. I mean, people are excited, and it's great to see this. So they will uh, obviously use this towards the momentum of recruiting. They've got about three weeks to close and convince kids this is the place to be. And You want to be a part of this Trojan program. You want to play with Sam Darnold. You want to play with these kids and whatever. And uh, it's a chance to really have a great recruiting year. Uh, you know, as a USC Trojan football program, currently I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, they're ranked around 16th in the country. 15th, 16th in the country in recruiting, and every year USC football program should be in the top five. I just, I just believe that. Right now they got a, uh, what? They got Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, all these guys, Georgia. They're all up there. It's time for the Trojans to make a mark. And to get up there, all you need to do is get three or four, four stars and a couple five stars, and all of a sudden you're there. It makes that big a difference. So they've got to work on that and getting the type of players that make the difference in a football program. Not that others don't assist and make it. Hey, uh, uh, Wheeler was a three-star, and he was a first-team All-American on some teams. And I thought he played one hell of a game in the pass block. You know, this team sacked, uh, I forget how many sacks they had for the entire year. They didn't get one sack against USC. So... Uh, I think you just got to use the momentum in everything you do in the weight room, the off-season, spring practice. But you, now you've got a, a taste of what it's like to win a big game and be in the locker room and the celebration and who you are. You don't think these kids are looking forward to going to class? Wow. Or going to the restaurant or seeing people on or going home? Unbelievable. And you've got to use that momentum throughout the entire year. Then one last one, Coach. We had Nick and Tarek both right in. We kind of talked about this, but was this the greatest Rose Bowl you have ever seen? And that's what they want to know. And I'd love to get more about what Keith Jackson said, too, but get your thoughts on all that. Well, for me it was because USC won. I would think that the USC game, too, with uh, Vince Young and USC and Matt Leinhardt, uh, was also a great game, too. really was an exciting game. And when you look back at that game, you can look at the same place that you can call it the same place here that made a difference in that game. It seems as though you can always remember the negative game more than the positive game. It just always seems to be there. Keith Jackson said that the 1972 team is the greatest college football team he's ever seen. Uh I tweeted that out, I think, today. Uh, but again, this was a team that maybe didn't have as many great players as past teams, USC. But they had a team that played as a team and made a team. This was a team victory where people overcame negative things and were able to become positive. And I think that's something that's so important as far as bringing the family together as this team. This team will always remember. These members of this team will always remember themselves, always. And uh, it'll be a team, I think, very difficult for Dory Jackson or Juju Smith-Schuster 
to say I'm going to the NFL. I really do. I think it's not an easy thing like, oh, the season's over, I'm leaving. Or like the Washington team. They had four guys today say they're going to the NFL. Why? They had a negative experience uh, against Alabama. I mean, not that that's the reason they're doing it, but it was easier than to win a game like the Rose Bowl game like USC did and say, I'm going to the NFL. I don't know if I want to go. Uh, maybe I should go. I don't know. It's a hard decision to leave this family. So that's what I'd say. I'd say maybe not the greatest players of all time at USC, but a team that will never be forgotten. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can forget this if you're a USC fan for quite a while. And uh, the last five minutes, Coach, of that game, just change the next nine months of the program and, you know, maybe Clay Helton's career and a lot of these players, the seniors, there's just so much that happened in those last few minutes of game time. It's amazing the the impact that it's going to have and we will continue to have, you know, really up until uh, USC kicks off against Western Michigan next year. No, I agree. There's a lot of excitement. It's there. In fact, he's interviewing today for the Ram job. I didn't know if you knew that or not. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nice, you. Coach. But they're, they're interviewing everybody in the country, the Rams. I don't know. They missed me. Maybe they've called you, Ryan. But uh, Not yet, no. You know, huh? <laughs> Not yet, no. Maybe I'm on the short list somewhere or long Maybe list. Maybe you're on the short list. <laughs> It'll be no, the long I'm, list. I'm sorry I said that even to people, but people probably say, oh, my God. So don't, no, no, no. I'm just kidding because uh, it just, that's what happens normally. You know, names start being surfaced and so that. But, hey, that's how excited you get. So, right. hey, uh, hey, man, this has been an hour. It's time to, Tom, these we, people are sick of hearing us. We got to pack it up. But thank you, Coach, so much. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. Get his tweets. And uh, thank you again, Coach. Really appreciate it. Ryan, thank you very much, and I look forward to being with you again. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Peristyle Podcast. We're going to do another one with Dan Weber. we got a lot more questions to get to. So hope you enjoyed the show, and, of course, hope you enjoyed the game, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.